Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about the 17 things that frugal people usually don't do. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Thank you, Nick, and welcome everybody to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. With us today, of course, Mr. Brian Reed. Howdy, David. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. You have a good week? I did. All right. Good, 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 good stuff. Hey, you know what? Tonight is, uh, I think it's like the Democratic debate or something, aren't you glad it we're is. here? It is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just miss out on all that tomfoolery. I'll be and, honest. Uh, I'm technically recording it, but are I don't you re- know if I'm going to actually watch it. <laughs> I might go home and take a look at it, too. You never know when it'll flare up. It's kind of like it's a gonna f- It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight one of these times. It's kind of like the fires that they have out here. They kind of <laughs> smolder, and then there's a little flare up, and it's it's starting to get down to the, the short strokes now. So. Somebody's going to say some, something stupid, and that's going to be. Should be good. Should be good. But I'd rather be here, actually. Knock it out. Yeah, yeah. All right, so everybody, today uh, I want to tell you about an article that I saw on the internet called 17 Things Frugal People Usually Don't Do. And it was on a site called Ladders, and then it was on a website called Perfect Hangover. And the the author, Melissa Blivens, I think she writes Perfect Hangover, and so it was on her website. So I want to spend some little bit of time talking about that today. But before we get into that... I want to give a shout out to a class that I spoke at at Cal State University Northridge. It was about two weeks ago, and it was a class on consumer behavior, and we spoke about wants and needs, and um, I was honored, frankly, that y'all would let me come and and talk, and more importantly, you even listened, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Brian, this... This class was mostly seniors, and so education was getting pretty real to them. Like next year at this time, they got to have like real jobs, and so they're starting and thinking. And uh, it was a it was a good group, smart group. They had some good questions, uh, a couple of interesting takeaways. Because I was there for I don't know maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Nice. Um, first of all, I'm always I'm always flattered when I when I talk and people take notes. I mean, I, I guess they should. I think I've got really good stuff to say, but when they actually take notes, it's like, God, they're listening. That, that, that's pretty cool. Um, a second takeaway was, you know, I I got a good um, uh, a deal of response from them. I could see that there were some things that I was saying that was kind of providing a little bit of spark. Um, a couple of the old favorites, you know, the old standards here from TFWP. Uh, uh, people spending 18% less when they spend cash and, and money doubling uh, every 10 years at 7%. And some of these things they were writing down, I could see them going, God, I really never knew that. And isn't that kind of the, the, the point of it? They also did a grid of needs and wants prior to the, uh, you know, prior to the time they had to talk. And they were really surprised, I think, how much they started to realize was, was going out the back door. Mm-hmm. They go, wow, I can't believe how much I spend on clothes or you know, going out or hanging out or whatever. And so I think it was a complete eye-opening experience. So, hey, thanks to the class for having me. Thanks for listening. Um, Thanks for writing some things down. And thanks to the professor, Jennifer Kayser, for the invitation. What a gas. 
What a guess. It was fun to do. So today we're going to talk about frugality or minimalism, and it's really starting to take off, I think, with Gen X adults and millennials. And, you know, we discussed this in episode 41 last year, so we've been talking about it for a while. Now, frugal people don't usually broadcast to the world and their friends that they're all about being on the budget. And if they're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, they're not on a budget. They're on a what, Brian? (laughs) They're on a plan. A plan, a spending plan. They're deploying their capital. But it's the same kind of concept, almost just a different way of thinking about it. What they do is they really make small tweaks in their everyday life to ensure, you know, their stability, their long-term viability. And I've seen lots of people do this. I've got several friends that have done this. They made some tweaks. They're more sustainable. They're more frugal, I guess. Um, And you don't really notice it. You know, you don't really notice it, but they're able to put a couple bucks uh, beside or uh, put it in the bank. And um, it's not really even noticeable. I've seen several people do it. And you don't have to sell everything to, you know, live off the grid. Um, I don't think this is about soap scraps and and having nothing and having like a a, a sofa in the living room made out of two by fours and stuff like that. Um, I think it's, it's a little more slight. It's a little more subtle than that. So... Um, anyway, here are 17 things from this article that, uh, people who are frugal do not do. Now, first I got to tell you, Brian, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like frugal. Frugal sounds like (laughs) hunched over and old and cranky and dusty, dusty. And I'm, I'm frugal, (laughs) you know? So I was trying to come up with another word. I don't know. Thrifty. What about thrifty? I mean, that that's sort of, but not. I could economical. Economical, I like that. I like you know, it. thrifty, conserving. Um, what about uh, financially focused? I like that. I like that. I like that. Focused, financially focused. Financial, and you know, for those extremers, they're fervently financially focused. F F F, the F F F club. Triple F. I like it. I like it. You know what? You know what word I use for myself? Cheap. <laughs> Cheap, man. I just I use it. Some people might consider it negative. I, you know, I I used to tell someone in the office, "Hey, look, I'm just cheap." And they go, oh, no, no, you're not cheap. That's not a, that's not a good word. Well, I don't know. It's cheap. cheap isn't bad, I don't think, is it? No, it's, I like the phrase, it's, I choose how I deploy my capital. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. But, you know, i got to write that down. F-F-F, financially focus, fervently. I like it. I like it. What was the name of that, that group that we were talking about last, uh, last season? The, uh, the FIRE. The FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early. I thought that was pretty good. But uh, there's a lot of thinking that goes on beyond that. I guess if you just say, look, I'm triple F. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean that you're so woke? I I didn't even know what woke was when I first heard it on SNL, you know? I had to look it up and went, what? What is it? It's another another word I don't know. Yeah, I said to somebody, I said, what is is that? Is that a medical condition? Leslie Jones, it's so woke. (laughs) Now I know. I guess I'm. I guess I'm cool. I don't know. I think frugal is probably the best word. But oh, I like thinking. I like FFF. I like uh, uh, what was the term you came up? Financially focused. Financially focused. I think that makes sense. Um, so anyway, on to the seventeen things that 
frugal people or financially focused focused people people. don't do. Um, Most frugal people don't finance cars. Now, of course, right? Of course. We've talked about this so many times on the DFWP. Um, Don't go out and finance a car if you can help it. I mean, that seems kind of obvious to me. Don't finance a big car if you can help it. If you're going to finance something super low end, okay, that's fine while you're saving up money for your next car, but don't go out and finance the car if you can help it. And yet everybody does, and we've talked about this you know, so many times. Certainly, don't go into a dealership and roll over negative equity in a deal into a new loan. I talked to somebody that was paying, God, it was eight, 900 bucks a month for like um, a Toyota, right? And I said, well, how can that be? How can that be? Well, I had this other car, and I went in, and they talked me into this other one, and I thought, well, I could afford that, and I didn't want to be negative in the old one, and, you know, don't do it. Don't let them talk you into it. Um, Remember, that's how they put food on their table, but don't you help put the food on their table, you know? (laughs) You got to look out for yourself. You know, our kind of rule of thumb is buy something that's three, three, four years old, shop the internet like heck till you find the exact car that you want that you just can't resist, and, and pay cash. But I think point number one, frugal people or financially focused people don't finance cars. Number two, financially focused people don't overdraft their bank accounts. Well, I guess this kind of goes without saying, you know. I think a lot of people these days, especially our listeners, they do a lot of their banking online. You can go on your phone, get your balance, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, back in the olden days, Brian, you used to have to wait for a monthly statement to come to see what happened. <laughs> I remember one time when I was younger, there was a, a what was it, um, an insufficient check, and they bounced it back and forth like three or four times. So I had three or four different fees. And then they advanced the money because I had overdraft protection. And then they put it in in like $5 increments, you know, and, and incurring like a $2 fee every time. I mean, it was like, it cost like $200 for that errand check. So, um, you know, financially focused people don't overdraft their bank accounts. I kind of think that goes really without saying. Um, number three. Uh, financially focused people refuse to compromise their dietary health to save money. And instead, they choose to use or eat healthy greens and legumes and keep meat to a minimum. I, I guess, I mean, I guess, I think they think that eating vegan is actually saving them money on, on their food bill. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe it's a little more expensive to, to be vegan, at least the limited exposure that I've seen. What do you think? Or if, it, <clears throat> or if you're going to try and go, you know, to Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck, as it's known, <laughs> and, and, you're, and you want to buy organic, then right. that's going to add up very quickly. Yeah. But it does get into the question of needs versus wants. So technically, we don't need meat. Right. To survive. Yep. So... But you know what? There's there's so nothing. Good. It's such <laughs> every once in a while a nice a steak. steak, right? And a little melted butter on top, a little glass of red wine and a potato. Doesn't get, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, right? You know, and I I think that a lot of us are trying to uh, you know limit our meat consumption. I mean, certainly for health reasons. I think the body of research has shown that um, a diet that's heavy in meat is not good for us. And and you know, one or two nights a week, we try and eat just. Um, you know, vegetable dinner, vegetable and, and fruit dinner, something like that. Salads or 
um, you know, steamed vegetables or whatever comes in the, uh, what is it, the imperfect produce box. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I think so. But I, but the bigger point that's trying to be made here is that, um, you know, you don't refuse to compromise your health to save money. And yeah, okay, I get that. I think that's a little more of a perspective comment by the author, but I think it's still a valid point. Still a valid point. Number four, uh, financially focused people don't carry credit card balances. Um, my thought is, duh, right? Or, or no, no, no. I mean, we've talked about this all the time. In fact, one of the very first episodes that we, we did, I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, dump the debt, get rid of the debt. We talked about, we spent three podcasts talking about ways to reduce debt. So yeah, we're all about that. And, and obviously someone that's financially focused is not going to be uh, carrying a balance on their, their credit card debt. Number five, financially focused people don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Now this this is a little bit tough to do because the uh, the media keeps us wanting. I think you know um, their number one goal is, uh, or at least the financially focused people, is to take care of themselves and their family and living on a bare minimum. This means that things that are um, you know large wants are maybe only seen as as setbacks. I think this is really. An emotional issue. I think it's a thought process issue. Um, and I think that it's an area where we are manipulated considerably. And we just have to be mindful of the uh, manipulation or the attempted manipulation by the, you know, the media or the Joneses. <laughs> you see people across the street and they have a big addition onto their house and they drive up in a couple of Mercedes or Maseratis or whatever you got you're going, how in the hell do they do that? Working, uh, working the kind of jobs I know they do. You, but you never know. Number six, financially focused people don't hang out with losers. I mean, that's what the article said. And I'm going, ooh, wow. That's kind of tough. You know, losers. Remember last year we talked about the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people who you spend the most time with. And I think you and I both thought that um, that was a, a pretty too true comment. And I think that's why most frugal people, financially focused people, excuse me, uh, tend to hang out with you know, like-minded friends. In fact, we did a whole episode on that. I think it was episode uh, 207. But I think losers, man, that's kind of tough. I think that's a, a judgmental term, you know? Yeah, there's... It's a perspective, and you choose to hang around the people that keep you going in the direction that you want to go. Yeah. That doesn't mean that somebody who's going through a keeping up with the Joneses, you know, phase is a loser. And I'm sure there are some losers who are very frugal. <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. going gonna to use frugal for that, them. That's Not true. financially focused. <laughs> that's right. They get the old word. they're losers. Yeah, they don't get the new word. I don't know. I just thought that was a little judgmental, and I, I think, though, that... Uh, you know, financially focused people just like hanging out with like-minded and success-oriented people. That's all. I don't. I don't think that's a bad thing, and I wouldn't call them losers. But by all means, if someone's dragging you down, if someone's going, "Hey, let's go out and do this or spend that," or if they berate you for not wanting to go along with it, yeah, yeah, take out the trash by all means. You know, but um, let's just say financially focused people like to hang out with like-minded, success-oriented people. Um, Number seven, 
financially focused people don't take fancy vacations. Now, I don't know. I think I disagree a little bit for a couple of reasons. One, I think that we all need a reward. You know, we've talked in the past about, um, hey, put yourself on this path, pursue this plan. And when you achieve, achieve an objective, give yourself a reward. And I think vacation is one of the things that that, that can be. So I disagree a little bit. Um, also, I think travel enhances a person's you know, world perspective. I think that uh, I saw one time an article that talked about good, effective leaders usually have traveled a little bit in the world. And I think it, it's because they get a little bit of improved perspective. Um, I remember we were, we were on a trip and coming back from a couple of years ago from Europe, first time I'd ever been to Europe. And we had seen you know, the David and priceless pieces of artwork, and we had gone through the Vatican and seen things that you didn't even think existed in Florence and um, in Italy, uh, you know, Venice, all sorts of stuff. And um, on the plane back, I heard President Obama say, well, you know, uh, we're a country that should be respected because uh, we've been around for a little more than 200 years. And it's like, dude, I just saw the David that was carved 2,000 years ago. I saw statues. And, um, you know, I think we all get caught up in our stuff. I don't want to be knocking uh, uh, Barack, but uh, sometimes we get caught up in our own day-to-day -day stuff. And I think that travel does give us all a sense of perspective. Now, that being said, um, I also think about the time that we were at the, um, the shareholders meeting for Berkshire. And someone said, hey, you know, how do I teach my kids to be more frugal? And um, Charlie Munger said, well, I think you ought to just go for it. And, and Buffett jumped in and he goes, but look, look, if you're going to go to Disney World, go for four days. You don't have to go for two weeks. So you can do it within perspective and still get the reward. You can still get the sense of perspective without going, um, you know, for two weeks. And I don't think necessarily vacation means that it's got to be some super luxurious thing. Now, my rule of thumb is when we go on vacation, the place we stay should be at least 10% uh, better than at home. Otherwise, just stay at home, you know. My wife said... Uh, Hey, why don't we go camping? And I said, that's a great idea. I'll throw some rocks in the backyard. We, you can go sleep out there on the rocks. We'll pitch a tent. I don't get that. I want to stay in a little nicer place, but it doesn't have to be super deluxe, club med, whatever, whatever, you know? So I don't know. I, 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 I take a little bit of a different look at that than the, than the author. What do you think, Brian? We can take a trip. It doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't. You know, I like the make it a short trip. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a budget. You know, if you know that there's something coming up that you want to do, then if you're putting a little bit away over time, yeah, go for it. Yeah, knock no, yourself out. I think it's a good thing to do, actually. So, all right, number eight, frugal people uh, don't forget to price compare. Well, you know, I sometimes tend to forget to price compare, especially if it's a lower price kind of thing. But, um, you know, I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. I hate to buy something and then see two weeks later, um, you know, it's cheaper. I know you, you're you a huge fan of electronics at Costco, right? Because, <laughs> what, almost a year later, if they sell it for less, you can, like, take you can it back? still go back. I know that they're changing some of their rules, but... Uh... Um, no, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a real sense of um, security that you got a good deal. I'm all for getting a good deal, so I, 
I don't know. I agree. You know, even uh, making price comparison, uh, make it a challenge. You know, make it a challenge. How about frugal people or financially focused people um, automatically opt out of employer-offered health insurance? Now, this one I kind of disagree with altogether. They were talking about these health cooperatives where you join and you put a few dollars in every month, and then when you have a health issue, like they'll send you money that you need for the for the doctor. It's kind of like a cooperative. I don't get that. I don't know that it's legally binding. It sounds almost like voluntary insurance. Um, I've seen these a couple times. I've run across them. Um, I don't get it, though. I'd take the health insurance. Yeah, I have. Don't think if I think you mentioned it once in the moment you started talking about it. I, I gotta be I, I zoned out because yeah. I was like it's so foreign to me. Yeah, you're going. Eh, eh, eh. This is <laughs> I don't need to know this in my have so little room in my brain as yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you know we need to think more of our health insurance as insurance rather than a company providing for us. But that's a that's a different discussion for a for a different day altogether. You know, um, number ten. Uh, people who are not frugal tend to not contribute or fail to contribute to their 401k or their retirement plan. Well, wow. I think that everybody should always be putting money in their 401k. If you're self-employed, a SEP IRA or 401k, so your employer has to match. Um, but we should always be putting together some money for our retirement, especially when you're younger, by the way, because then your money has a chance to um, expose itself to the, the miracle of uh, compounding interest. It says frugal people never stop learning. Yeah, okay. I agree. We did an episode on that, number 129. Remember we were talking about the five-hour rule that uh, people like, what was it, Ben Franklin and, and Bill Gates follow. Um, you know, I think people that are always trying to keep learning or subscribing to services like Audible, I think that makes a lot of sense. So instead of driving and listening to the real Don Steele on KHJ, you're, you're listening to something that's got something that's going to stay with you. So yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Number 12, um, they don't even consider the idea of not having sufficient life insurance. Well, I, I think that that's true. We've talked about that. Um, insurance, eight times to 10 times your annual income. Um, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. But I think it only makes sense when somebody uh, depends upon you for support. Uh, recently, just as an aside, we decided to let my own uh, life insurance policy lapse. We've had it for years and years, and there was still another bunch of years going. But we, we realized no one was really looking at my income anymore. We, we've got a house, and we've got some other things. And um, it's not like we were month-to-month -month on that paycheck or month-to-month -month on that money. So we said, look, let's just, let's just save it for the last two, three, four years. And and we let it go. So you really only need that when someone's depending upon you like a dependent spouse or kids or, you know, a dependent parent or something like that. Um, number 13, frugal people don't waste food. I don't know. I don't know. I hate leftovers. Um, I know someone who calls them muscos. You know what a musco is, Brian? That means tomorrow it's moldy, so tonight it must go. <laughs> That's gross. Ick, I hate leftovers. But I think maybe a better thought is trying to prepare the proper amount of food uh, or looking for ways to repurpose um, you know, some of the food uh, that you have or have saved for a different kind of recipe, like, uh, I don't know, uh, leftover mashed potatoes are really good for uh, potato pancakes in the morning or something like that. You know, um, Sometimes if we have some leftover... Uh, steak. 
Uh, we'll cube it up in the morning and make um, a steak and egg burrito or something for breakfast. So, yeah, but but to let it sit in there and let it go, oh, wow, I don't even remember when that was... I remember when that was put in there. No, I'm not. I'm not into that. I don't want to take chances and go. Do I wake up tomorrow tomorrow morning feeling well or or not? Or not? Is it going to be a long night? Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Um, you know, number fourteen. They failed to keep a stockpile. People who aren't financially focused. I don't know. I think uh, stockpiling can get a little extreme. Although we do try and stockpile some things you know when whenever you go to a costco you go yeah i think i need another 300 rolls of toilet paper <laughs> and you walk out with the super duper that's their number one selling thing did you know that i did not know it that. is their number one selling skew and they put it all the way in the back so you have to walk by all the little tasty tables to get your toilet paper <laughs> true story true story and you know they only make money on the membership fee everything else in the store is designed to move out at cost their profit, their profit is the the membership fee. So I don't know. Yeah, we can stockpile some things, but you also got to park the car in the garage too. You know, um, people who aren't frugal pay full price. Well, I, I think that's true. I think that's certainly true, especially on larger purchases. Um, smaller purchases, I'm not so sure. You know, you go to buy a car. And, uh, you know, especially from a private party, cash is king. And, and uh, they say, well, the price is X. And you go, that's great, but I have cash, so I'll give you X minus Y. Chances are they'll take it. People like the Benjamins, you know. So I think cash is king, but only on certain kinds of things, only on larger things. Can you imagine going into a Starbucks and going, I'll give you a buck twenty-five for that latte. <laughs> Before you know it, you're standing out in the parking lot going, what happened? What the heck just happened? I thought I was getting coffee. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Number 16, uh, people who are not frugal forget to shop car and homeowner's insurance at least annually. Now, I agree with this, but you know, I, this is something I didn't do. I've never really looked around. I figured, well, I'll go up, you know, a couple bucks or, or every year or whatever. But I don't shop it. And I, I mean, should. It's like a product just like anything else. What do you think? No, that makes a lot of sense. And especially with the Internet nowadays, you can do all this in an evening and do it every six months. Yeah. And then, hey, if you want my business, this is what I'm paying. Yeah. I want everything exactly the same, minus $250, yes or no. Right, right. And it, you're right. It is so easy to shop. The little lizard says, you know, going with them could save you 15%. Well, okay. I guess if I had to call around and shop, maybe I wouldn't do it because you're comparing apples and oranges. It can be kind of complicated. It can take a lot of time. But, um, yeah, on the Internet, it's so easy to shop. Why would you not spend a little bit of time doing that? And seeing if there's some things that you can, you know, cut corners. I know some people that when their car gets older, I mean significantly older, they stop carrying a collision on it. So if they crash, it's their fault. Okay, the car's done. Um, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, they're, they're going to take a little bit of risk. Um, I got to tell you, just today, what a coincidence. This just popped into my head. Just today, we were looking at renewing our um, our house insurance. And we were looking at our fire coverage. And the price per square foot that we had for replacing the house in the event of fire 
was probably less than 50% of what it would actually cost in today's market. And we said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We haven't thought about this in a lot of years. And we upped that coverage. Um, we sold ourselves on more coverage. But when you think about it, it was like another $700 to uh, double the, the, the exposure in the event of fire. And we just went through some fires again here this week. And by the way, I'm getting pretty damn tired of it. It's two years in a row. Uh, not that close to our house, but um, still, you look at that and go, wow, I'm glad we you know, took the time. And it wasn't a lot of time, but just a little bit of time to look at that and uh, think about that a little bit. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think that makes sense. What about uh, number 17, non-frugal people or unfocused financially people? UFF, unfinancially focused, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People that are not FFF, spend emotionally. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could see this. Um, you know, there's been times when I've, uh, uh, you know, spent uh, money in, uh, in response to being stressed out or whatever. Usually um, in response to a comment over the speaker that says, would you like to supersize that? <laughs> I go, yeah, I need a bucket of French fries. <laughs> but I think that, you know, some people do it in response to a problem. And if it's a temporary problem and, it's, and you're not buying houses and cars, yeah, okay. But uh, I, I think some people do it. More importantly, though, I think people are really, really manipulated by the media big time. And uh, they try and get us to emotionally you know, spend more money. I keep going back to this American Express commercial where the couple's, uh, you know, luggage got lost. I guess they were coming home from a trip or something and their luggage got lost. And the, the guy goes, no problem. We have the American Express card. And you see him running around on the island of Mykonos and new clothes and new bathing suits and floppy hats. And it's like, what kind of a message is that? You don't know anything about these people. Did they have the money? Did they not? American Express would want to... Buy, buy, buy. Yeah. David, that's the answer. Just yeah. buy things. Well, you know, they want their 2% or whatever they get on, the, on that flow. So, uh, But that's not a responsible manage, message. And, and they're certainly trying to emotionally manipulate us. And certainly they can do that in a free country. We just have to be smarter and, and uh, you know, be more aware of that. Um, I don't know. Any other things you think, Brian, that... Uh, frugal people do this has been a pretty comprehensive list i thought of one uh hear me out what do you think frugal people tend to buy quality because they know that they'll have it for a lot longer period of time they won't buy intentionally cheap stuff now if they can get a better deal that's different mm -hmm. but i think frugal people pay a little more for quality because they realize that it lasts I would agree with that. You know, I've bought some some clothing over the years, and, you know, I kind of, you know, wince away and go, okay, I'll take it. And, you know, like a pair of pants or some pair of slacks for the office, 10, 12 years they could last. Um, dress shirts, you know, they can they can last for a while if there's, if there's some quality in it. Now, I don't know that you're going to get quality when you're walking out of Hollywood Bowl and the guy goes, here's a The Who t-shirt for $10, you know? I don't think that's a frugal person. Maybe that's a cheap person. <laughs> but I don't think you're getting quality outside the Hollywood Bowl from a street vendor. No, if you're already considering your finances 
<clears throat> you're thinking long term, yeah. then price tag isn't the only thing that you're looking at. Right. You're looking at how it's made and exactly what you're saying. What's the long term goal of this purchase? Yeah. Is this something I only care about for two years or can I, you know, stretch this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it makes it makes some sense. And I think that was the idea years ago behind buying, for example, Mercedes. Mercedes in California used to be a pretty rare car to see. Now they're everywhere. But the idea was, well, they're built to last 200, 300,000 miles. There's some quality there. And you might get more return for your money rather than your car hitting 90, 95,000 and, you know, steam's coming out of the engine compartment and you got to get a new car. So I don't know. I think frugal people will really consider um, quality. And I also think that when they look at each purchase, they'll look at it with a longer term view. What am I going to think about this tomorrow, next week, the month after? Is this going to be something that I'm really going to enjoy? Or am I going to, um, you know, put it in a clodis and hide it or, you know, something like that, you know? All right, Brian, what do you think uh, takeaways? I mean, we talked about all of the 17 things. I threw in one or two extra um, big takeaways. Financially focused is a much better term than frugal. You're killing me because I was <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, I and mean, fervently or feverishly focused financially. F F F F F F F F F. I like that. Or uh, or just two uh, F. Financially focused. F-cubed. But you know, it's funny that you say that. I was thinking the exact same thing. I think that these were really interesting things to talk about. But I, uh, you know, you come back to you know, the, the big picture. And it, it's not about frugal. It's not about being cheap unless you're me. And, um, you know, I think it's more about being financially focused and, and thoughtful, which is kind of what we've been about from the very beginning and will continue to, to be about in, on a go-forward basis. Just one last comment. And there's another F we could throw in there if we want. <laughs> Fervently, financially, and future Lee. Futurely. Focus. Fo- fo- futurely focus. <laughs> F, 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 F. The, I like it. Wasn't there a 4-H? Now there's a 4-F. Now there's a, there's, wasn't 4-F something you get thrown out of the, the army or something back in World War II? Yeah, 4-F. No or, idea. Way no. before my time, but uh, I think I remember something about that. But this is a good 4-F. Good 4-F. This 4F. is a good 4-F thing. And if you can't remember all four, just remember the two financially focused. I think that that's a wrap for today. No emails because we're out of time. We've been having too much fun. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.